0: Wapak Naz is Love People, Loving People to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Nas to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Man, um, I don't know if you noticed, but there there isn't anybody behind the piano today. Um, Sandy's doing well by the way she's doing well Um, and the guy with the guitar not this guy um, the one that's actually plugged in that you can hear that one um, that's Jay if you haven't met Jay (laughs) (laughs) wow wow that's awesome (laughs) Uh, that that was his first time leading worship. Um, he worked really, really hard over the course of the last couple of weeks, and practice was awesome this morning. I mean, it was actually turned into a time of worship. Your, your uh, worship team just worshiped the Lord in our 45 minutes of practicing uh, for this morning. Um, and I, I just... I praise God for Jay and the story that God has done in his life. Um, and I would just encourage you, if you haven't listened to his story, um, offer a cup of coffee and sit down and ask him, hey, just share, with, share, share your heart with me. Tell me your life. And I actually encourage all of you to do that with one another. Um, we think we know each other. We think we know each other's stories, but um, we really don't we need to listen to each other's stories and that's really encouraging and so I just I give the team props I give Sandy props I give Jay props um, shout out to all of you for working really really hard and uh, just allowing your hearts to lay on the floor before the Lord that's what it's about and so uh, we we worship in all aspects of our life here not just compartmentalizing it's, it's not just music it's not just scripture it's our whole life and, and that includes our finances. And so we encourage you to walk in obedience and step in obedience if you haven't already and, and, and tithing to the Lord, uh, giving, giving your 10% to the Lord because we give out of what God gives us. And uh, so you can do that through the joy boxes at the exits. You can do that online at wapaknaz.org backslash give um, and set that up. And uh, we are grateful um, for this body of Christ uh, you step out on obedience in more ways than just giving so thank you we are uh, on leg three uh, leg three of answered prayers and the last two weeks uh, the last two Sundays have been Sundays that have been hard conversations uh, hard conversations that we started with unanswered prayer we believe that God could Actually, we thought he should, but he didn't. And then last week, we stepped into the conversation, the, the next hard conversation of feeling like we've been ghosted by God, as if he was seemingly absent and silent. And we felt all but abandoned by him. These two hard conversations were hard to preach but also they're hard to receive and quite frankly those hard conversations are some of the reasons why there are people that used to sit beside you or sit in a pew and serve wholeheartedly in a church and in a community that no longer love the Lord because they prayed a prayer for someone or themselves, and God did not answer it the way they wanted it or they were walking through a very very difficult time in their life and they felt like they were ghosted by God I would encourage you if you have yet to listen to those go to Spotify go to iTunes punch in Wapak you can go to our website as well and listen to those two sermons And if you know someone that has had the slow fade away from the Lord, probably because of one of those two reasons, then I would encourage you to share that with them or listen to it with them and talk with them. You may not know the answers, that's okay. But I would encourage you to share that with somebody. And in light of those two hard conversations, we step into these next two weeks Uh, because answered prayers we're talking about asking God for what God wants for you there are things that you want there are things that you want for other people but actually there are things that God wants for you and in light of those two conversations we've learned to look at prayer a little bit differently because prayer isn't just you and I going before God and looking at him as if he is an on-demand cosmic genie for all of humanity to ask and request of him anything and everything we want of him and expect him to do that no that's that's not prayer and that's not who God is we learned in light of those two um, those two sermons is that actually God's answer to prayer is so that he might be glorified. That he might be lifted and praised above all things. And so that his mission goes forward. Toward completion. Because God has a mission and that is why Jesus Christ was sent. In fact, we look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. John, the apostle, that actually Jay quoted earlier this morning. He said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, what he desires to be done in all the world, and in your heart, and in your life, that's when he hears that's when he moves that's what he wants to give there are things according to his will that he wants to give his people he wants to give you and in fact we also learn that prayer's purpose prayer's purpose is to actually relationally know the lord of all creation to have relationship To connect with the one you are created in the image of. See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That first part, I am the way. Jesus was not being exclusive there. He was declaring that there's no one else that is coming for you and that there's no one else providing a way for you to get to the Father. Buddha didn't come for you. Confucius didn't come for you. Muhammad did not come from you. for you. Jesus the Lord came for all of humanity to make a way to the Father through the cross, through his death and his resurrection. Therefore, Because of the cross, you and I can actually have a living relationship with the God Almighty. He's available. He's made himself available by way of Christ. And so prayer, prayer, we need to shift our mindset just a little bit. That prayer's purpose is to relationally know the Lord God Almighty. It is not to check off the list, I did my prayers today. I said my prayers last night. I'm good. God wants to know you and he wants you to know him. And Jesus has made that way. And this is why, this is quite frankly why uh, the author of Hebrews said let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence you and I can approach the Lord God Almighty with confidence yes humbly as 2nd Chronicles seven fourteen says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves pray and seek my face turn from their wicked ways I will hear them from heaven and heal their land and forgive their sins yes we approach him humbly but we can approach him confidently because of Jesus Christ. This is also why Paul, the apostle, who was a Christian killer, who voted for the death of believers and followers of the Lord, transformed into church planner, transformed into discipler, transformed into lover of God, who moved from religion to relationship, and he encouraged The Church of Thessalonica, and you and I today. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Pray continually. I'm sure that once we got through our list of requests, if we paused, we'd actually realize what prayer is all about having that relationship giving thanks in all circumstances for this. Praying continually, that's one of God's will in Jesus Christ for you and me. This is also why he said, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. Yes, we need to pray for the body. We need to pray for one another. But Paul encourages us to pray continually and with all kinds of prayers and requests. Well, does that mean that we can just pray for anything? Yeah, nothing's off limits. My in-laws shared with me years ago that even when Amy was young and her other sisters, Krista and Rachel and Anna, were very, very young, they they prayed for their spouses before they even knew them. All kinds of prayers and requests. Everything that is in your life, God cares to hear. That's why Peter even said, cast all your anxiety on him. We'll talk a little bit about that. And so, today, we want to lighten the load here. We want to lighten the load. I want to lighten the load for you. The Lord wants you to know Him, and He wants you to know that He knows you. So present all kinds of prayers and requests. There's nothing off limits. Just have a conversation with your Creator. And sometimes be silent before your creator be silent before him actually when when i shut up and i'm not preaching i do my best and i fail many times but i do my best to listen to other people you'll learn more about other people when you provide them an opportunity to share you'll learn more about the lord god our creator the more we're silent before him, intentionally silent. And so, all kinds of requests, all kinds of requests, pondering the greatness of the Almighty, the Lord God, and the vastness of his glory. Jay actually read this, a little bit of this psalm a little earlier. David wrote, what is man that you, God, are mindful of him? David started to understand a little bit about his size in all of the universe. There are many human beings that don't really understand their size in all of the universe, how small we are. We think ourselves a lot greater and bigger than we are. But David went a little bit further, and he understood this. He said, the son of man, that you care for him. What are you mindful? What is man that you're mindful of him, that you think of him, that you care for him? The son of man that you want to know him and for him or her to know you. You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. Crowned him with all glory and honor. David was wondering, Lord, who are we that you would actually want to know us? In all of your vastness, in the fact that you spoke the creation and the universe into existence... Who are we to you that you would know us? It's like the king of England. Who am I for the king of England to know me, right? Or whoever is really, really popular these days. I have no idea who's popular. I don't look for that stuff anymore. But who am I to them that they would actually want to know me, right? David says, who are, who, who are we that you would actually want to know us? Peter kind of caught this and understood this. He said, and encouraged us, you and me, to cast all our anxiety, all your anxiety, all your cares, on him because he cares for you. This literally says, everything that is in you, that is dividing you, fracturing your mind, fracturing your heart, and pulling you into different directions. All of those things that are, it's like Gumby in your life. You are just being stretched armstrong everywhere because of those things. He said, cast them on him because he cares for you. So when we're talking about prayer and answered prayer and what is prayer, this is everything. Because there is not one soul in this room, including the guy speaking with you today, that does not have things in their life that is fracturing them, that's dividing them, and moving them and opposing in opposing and different directions. Are we hitting the nail on the head? I think we are what is man that you should think of him that you are mindful of him well we are the culmination of his creation we are the end of his action of creation and when he stepped back and he looked at what he created he didn't just declare it good he declared it very good you He sits back and looks at you and cares for you. And what he desires is that you allow him into that. David, dealing with watching those around him that were not followers of the Lord, prospering, watching the wicked prosper and not be ashamed of evil. Because, folks, evil is not ashamed of evil wickedness has no shame at all we've seen that unfurl over the last five years wickedness does not become ashamed of its own wickedness but david struggled as he suffered and he watched the wicked prosper and then he penned psalm 37 and just on the front end, he said, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. What should we pray for? Anything and everything. The desires, yeah. But see, desires also divide. I don't know if you realize that. The things that we really, really want in our life, whether it's the job Whether it's the spouse, whether it's the position, whether it's the talent or the skill, whether it's the finances, whatever it may be, I don't know what it is for you. Those that we desire, they tend to also divide our inside. Because we tend to become expecting a future. And that future isn't here yet. And we so long for it that we become divided not only between the present and the future, but we become divided within our soul and our mind and our heart. When Amy and I were trying to get pregnant several years back, we we kept it under wraps. Um, it was a struggle for us. We We knew that we needed people to pray for us, but... We also didn't want to have to share one day that no, we can't. And we also didn't want to hear the questions of, is there one in the oven yet? Do you got it? Is she good to go? A little exaggerated there, but you, you know how that, that feels when you really are expecting something and people are praying for it. And it's not happening. And you're just, you're just, every time somebody asks you, you're discouraged. We kept it under wraps for a long time. And then Amy and I, we realized that we were struggling in this alone. We were by ourselves. We really even didn't share with our family. And so we slowly shared with our family, hey, we're trying to get prego, but there's a no-go. Um, that's a good one. we are pray go and no go. i got to write that down. Um, and then we, our Sunday night encounter group. If you've not been a part of Sunday night encounter, I just really encourage you to be there. It's a very simple hour of prayer. People just lay their hearts before the Lord for an hour. And it's good. And so we shared with our, with our encounter group hey, this is where we are, and we're asking God for a miracle. We want him to do it, and we need you. We need you to pray for that miracle alongside of us. And so they gathered around. This is pre-COVID, so they laid hands. They gathered around, they laid hands, and let me just tell you, your seasoned vets and your seniors in this church, they pray. They cry out to the Lord wholeheartedly and they loved us and they encouraged us and they asked us in a way that was very loving and appreciative and tender how are things when's your next appointment we want to pray for that we came to the end we weren't we weren't going to IVF we were only going to do IUI and we knew that this was the last appointment and if things didn't happen then we weren't going to have a child unless God absolutely, completely does a miracle. Um, We walked in, we had our IUI, we did several pregnancy tests and nothing. And that's where, when I struggled in my prayer because we're to delight ourselves in the Lord, right? And he will give you the desires of your heart. This kind of sounds like the first sermon, right? A- unanswered prayer. But there was a shift. There was a shift in my prayer that the Lord actually did in my life. Let me let me say it this way: I was meeting, We were in Tennessee with Paul and Mary Jetter, uh, Amy's old boss from the Valley Church, and uh, w- wonderful people. He's a pastor. He was a missionary, and he's just a wise guy. Like, he's, he just gives such insight to life. And he shared his, about his mom, who's now 102. Many of you have met her, Esther Jetter. And she would say, I will pray for the desires of my heart as I delight in the Lord. But if God doesn't give me the desires of my heart, maybe, just maybe, the desires of my heart may not be the desire God has for my heart. So now I need to be mindful and shift. If God isn't laying it out, if he isn't going open the door, then I need to shift some things. I need to shift my prayer. I need to shift my mindset. And that's what she taught. That's what she taught Paul. And that's what he gave me. And I realized that's what I did without knowing it. That's what happens with me sometimes. I actually do something really smart that I have no idea that I was doing it. It just happens that way. But I shifted my prayer and I said, Lord, help me be satisfied with whatever is. It, it, and it's not the is what it is type of statement. It's not an is what it is type of statement. Because that means you can't really change anything. You just accept it for what it is. No. Lord, help me be satisfied with what is. Help me be satisfied with what you're giving me, what you're giving us. I'm going to delight in you. And if my desire isn't given by you, then I need to shape and reshape that desire in my life and allow you to do that. Take that desire from me, change, transform it. There may be some desires in you that are dividing you right now, that have been dividing you for a very, very long time. I want to encourage you today. Just maybe. Maybe that's not the desire that God has for you. Just maybe. So I encourage you. Sit silent before the Lord and ask Him that question. This has been a desire for me for a long time. But is it your desire for me? Have I been missing it? Will you reshape it? Will you rechange it shift it make it different as well as my mindset so do we bring all our desires before the lord absolutely anything and everything anything and everything anything and everything bring it before the lord All kinds of prayers. All kinds of requests. With joy. With thanksgiving. With praise. With concern. With worry. With hurt. With heartache. Anything and everything. God desires you to be whole. And if our desires are dividing us and fracturing us, then maybe... Those desires aren't going to make us whole as he desires us to be whole. So, we must be willing to adjust, be flexible, be malleable before the Lord and allow him to do some things in our life to reshape our prayer, our request, our petition. So, then what does God really want for you and I? For the end of this sermon and all of next week, we're really going to talk about asking for God, uh, from God, what God wants for you. Now I know we've been talking about that all, all month long, but now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. These are the things that God wants for you and all of humanity. He's willing to give it right there he wants you to have it and so let's start if I've not turned this off you mind hitting the button back there there we go whoop that was a little bit too far okay it's working whoop there there it is how you doing we'll get it right one of these days let me just tell you John in in his seasoned years he was looking back and reflecting on the love of God. He was reflecting on Jesus Christ and truly who, who Jesus was because he saw Jesus in all his facets, in all his forms. He experienced Jesus eating, smelling. Yes, Jesus smelled from time to time. He didn't smell like roses, all right? He watched him. He listened to him. He experienced the miracles. He watched him walk on water and heal people. He watched him call out to Lazarus and resurrect, he saw Jesus bodily resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father. He experienced the Holy Spirit the first time the Holy Spirit lived in people. And he lived with the Holy Spirit his whole life. And so in his old age, as he was seasoned and as he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, he was reflecting on a lot of things, even his pastorate. And he came to some very detailed and hard conclusions about many of the questions you and I ask all the time, and he said this in First John three sixteen and four seven through ten. He said, "This is how we know what love is. It's like Forrest Gump. I know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his." life for us dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God and why because God is love God is the originator the origin and the creator of love anything you and I love is a pale comparison to the highest form of love and that is God himself He created out of love and he created humanity out of love to be recipients of his love. You were created in a specific way. It's like that old game, concentration. This may be an old uh, metaphor for you or illustration, but that old game of concentration where you twist the knob and you have all the little... uh, yellow pieces and you have to fit them in the right hole and you can't put a star into a circle and a square into a triangle you got to put a triangle into a triangle and a star into a star and a circle into a circle until that thing goes off right you have a specific portion of your life that his love is to fit in nothing else can fit there you can't fit a star in that square peg hole It just doesn't work. You were created to be recipients of God's love. Nothing else fills it. Many of you have tried. I have tried. Nothing else fills it. It becomes that black hole that's endless until you fill it with the love of God. He is the originator. He is the origin of love. He is the creator of love because he is love and John continues, this is how God showed his love among us. John goes personal, not just humanity, but personal. He saw it, he witnessed it, he experienced it. He says this, this is how God showed love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, and just in case you missed it, he repeated it a third time, this is love. Not that we love God, nuh-uh but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The cross and Christmas, the resurrection, it's all an expression of God's love. And the highest expression, the highest form for his love for you and all of humanity was what Jesus Christ did on the cross and the resurrection, John, looking over his shoulder, said, this is love. We all try to figure it out. We all try to be philosophers of it. We all try to find it. We all try to label it and make it what it is for ourselves. But he says, no, this is it right here. Christ crucified, dead and buried, resurrected. That is love. Christ sent as the vulnerable child at Christmas. That is love. God created you in love, for love, by love. And therefore, that Nick at night conversation with Nicodemus and Jesus, in the shadows of darkness, for God so loved the world. You're a part of that world. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He did not send him into the world to condemn the world. No, that you and I may have life. That's good, folks. And so, for those of us sitting here and those of us listening. Because probably many of us are listening and probably not sitting, not listening and some of us are listening not sitting. I don't know. The one thing that God wants for us that we ought to be asking for him from him is his love. Because there are many that we know, that we live with, that we are related to, that we work with, that we go to school with, that we go to Girl Scouts with and Boy Scouts with. A, who don't believe themselves worthy of love. Or think B, it's weak I don't deserve it and it's for the weak this past week Amy and I were on trail Russell Springs Trail in Cades Cove about a mile and a half in we ran into this crew these are the National Forest Servicemen who make the trails the 42 trails within the Cades Cove region what they are They're constantly busy, and they're constantly working. The one on the far right is nicknamed Preacher Boy because he tries to make sure everybody's doing good. And the guy next to me, that's Millsaps, Tim Millsaps. He's a twin. His brother and he are from Townsend, which is just a stone's throw from Cades Cove. And he's been working the trail for some 20 years. And when we rolled up, when we were coming up on the stream that they were working to build a log um, log to get over, uh, Millsaps was more interested in having a conversation than he was working with his buddies and his colleagues. He just wanted them to do the work. So he greeted us on the trail, and he wanted to have a conversation. And um, so we, we started talking to him, and I found we found out, asked some questions about him, and again, we, born and raised right there in townsend he had this southern drawl that you could not miss and he he said what do you do and uh i said i'm a pastor you're a preacher and he reached out his hand to shake mine and he shook my hand he said what kind of preacher are you i said uh i i, I guess i i guess i'm a good one i don't know um he said, "No, are you, like do you travel around? And you do all those things." I said, "No, I, I, I'm I'm pastor of a church, small church in Wapakoneta, Ohio. Boy, that's good, man. It, it's really funny how God brings people in your life, speak into you moments that you really need spoken into." Tim didn't realize he needed that. That I needed some things to be spoken into my life, and he spoke into my life without even knowing anything else. But uh, we we started talking, and he he started sharing. Tim, like I said, grew up in Townsend, and he had a rough life, Uh, a, a life that he would say that he never experienced appreciation or love from anybody, both he and his brother. And as they grew up, he and his brother became entrepreneurs of the illegal narcotic type, drug dealers. Traffickers, yeah. And anything and everything, you call Tim, you call his bro, they'll get you what you need. He said that they were were living like the devil because they were living for the devil. And he often repeated himself that he was out of his mind, that he was crazy because he was out of his mind. He was drugged out of his mind most of the time. And there was a guy that owed he and his brother, the entrepreneurs, right? And he and his brother weren't getting their money for some time. They kept getting promised, we'll get you money, we'll get you your money. Well, a meeting was arranged at Tim's brother's house. And in the cover of darkness under a porch light, Tim's brother was meeting this guy. Well, Tim, out of his mind was creeping in the shadows, intending to slit this guy's throat. And he just waited for the moment. And what he witnessed go down on the porch was an exchange of cash, of monetary value that they were wanting, right? And eventually Tim crept out of the shadows and his brother said, what are you doing in them? what were you doing creeping up here? Well, I was aiming to slit his throat was going to kill him, whether he had a $1 dollar or a hundred dollars, and we would take it. You're crazy. You're crazy. Why would you do that? You're crazy. Tim, out of his mind, went home, sat in his chair, was trying to watch TV. And in his stupor, he realized that what was coming out of the TV, he couldn't hear. And he actually started to have these overwhelming thoughts of killing himself. And so he went to lay down in his bed and he thought he would just sleep it off. And before he slept it off, a man who said that love was for sissies. He said that time and time. Love was for sissies, for the weak. He actually prayed. He said, God, if, if you're real. See, now... He knew that was the dumb thing because God is real. But he said, if you're real, you show yourself. He fell asleep and he woke up the next morning. He said, I I had something inside me that I'd never had in my entire life. I had the love of God that I thought was for the weak, that I thought was for everyone else. The love of God was inside me. And he changed me. I knew it was Jesus, he said. And so he started calling up every person that he hurt, that he harmed, and said, I love you. A man who thought he was unworthy of love, thought he didn't deserve it, thought it was for the weak and for sissies, experienced what he was created to experience in the first place. The love of God Almighty for him and for all of humanity. And Tim preached to me more than I could preach to you or anybody else. He loved Jesus. He loves him. And he said... I went and told my brother. My brother said, You're crazy. You're crazy, Tim. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. Two years later, his brother received Christ. Same love that he thought he was unworthy of receiving. He now received. Folks, God wants you to experience his love in a very real, tangible way. It's not for the weak it's not just for the church it's for all of humanity because all of humanity is created in such a way that will receive the love of god and give it out so i dare you if you've not been asking for the love of god in your life or if you've become so seasoned in your relationship with Jesus that you have stopped asking for the love of God in your life you need to begin to ask him for what he wants for you ask him for the love of God in your life to experience it a new fresh way folks with that said you and I there's something that goes with that Because the love of God is coupled with the gospel. We just read that. This is love. God sent Christ to die on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, the sins of humanity. Love of God is coupled with the gospel. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes to the church of Colossae, a church that he never actually got to lay eyes on himself. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And then he says, pray for us too. Pray for us also. Ask God for this, because this is what God wants, that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, for which I am in chains. He writes this from prison. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. And to the Ephesian church, a church that actually John, the apostle, pastored for a while. He said, pray for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given so that I, may, I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, a.k.a. sharing the love of God through Jesus Christ for which I am an ambassador in chains. He wrote this from prison as well. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. And the early church, even before Paul, when things were just starting to go, momentum was starting to happen, and the early church was getting arrested. It's awesome. They came back from being arrested and scalded and chastised, saying, Don't ever speak the word of God again. They prayed, Now, Lord, consider their threats. Notice they didn't ask for protection. He said, Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Folks, when we ask God for what he wants, and one of the things he wants for us is his love then we must be brave enough and courageous enough and understand and be wise enough to, uh, that we must also pray that we are vessels, you, your life. It's not for the preacher. It's for all of us. That you will proclaim the gospel, that God will open doors for you to proclaim the message of God's love in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, two things that we're praying for. God's love in our life. And to be vessels, to proclaim, open doors to proclaim his message of the gospel. That transformed this man, Tim Millsaps. That transformed Jay Swink. That transformed me. That transformed you. Transformed your family it's not for you to keep, it's for you to give, it's for you to give, so let's start praying for it, shall we, where you are, I ask that you bow your heads and I'm not going to pray right away, I'd ask that you pray those things, here and you have yet to experience the love of God in your life or maybe you did at one time and you had that slow fade in your life his love is available to you today in this moment he is available to you today in this moment I ask that you ask him that you pray a very simple prayer it's it's not the end of all things it's not the end of the conversation it truly is the beginning of the conversation but I, I challenge you I urge you to cross the line of faith and just Give Jesus your life. Pray along with me. Jesus, I I, I give you my life. I give it to you. Jesus, I give you my life. And I want to receive your life, your love. Jesus, I give you my life. You genuinely, sincerely prayed that for the first time in your entire life. This is your moment. This is the greatest choice you will ever make in your life. And you have now received his life and his love because he's received you. that was you if you did that this morning i'm gonna ask that you be bold and you just you raise your hand praise god praise god praise god celebrate him for those of us in this room we we ask lord god that you you pour out your love in our life that is what you want for us that you pour your love out into our life that we experience it whether we think we're worthy of it or not our worth is by the fact that you created us in your image and today today we ask for what you want in our life that also means that we don't stay the same love has a way you know this lord love has a way of transforming us reshaping us and so may our desires be reshaped and transformed into your desires what you desire for our life for this church and for this community, for this county, for this country, for this world. And Lord Jesus, may we, will you open doors for us as this little church on the court in, of corner of Court and Benton? Will you open doors for us as a body and us as individuals to proclaim the message of the gospel clearly and fearlessly, boldly? We don't need to know the whole text. We don't need to know Genesis all the way to Revelation. We need to know the author of life, and that's you. So will you give us an opportunity to share the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, the mystery, and the love of God, the grace in which you've given us? Will you open doors for us? Give us eyes to see those doors. May we be looking for them. If we're going to ask you for them, help us look for them. May our eyes be peeled, watchful, and ready. May our hearts be ready to give a hope, give the answer and the reason for our hope for Jesus. We don't have to articulate and be intelligent about it. We just need to share the story that you have written in our life. May we be salt and light and yeast into our communities, our workplaces and our homes, our neighborhoods, send us out, Lord. We're available. We love you and we praise you. And it is in your holy, precious, and loving name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Will you please stand? Folks, we love you. If you prayed those prayers this morning, congratulations. You are now on mission. Go get it. It's awesome. Beloved people, loving people to Jesus. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself because this world needs the church to love their neighbor. I love you guys. We'll see you tonight at 5. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknas podcast. We hope you were moved deeply to step into God in the hope and future he has for you and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.